Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Girls Just Want to Fly and welcome to Hi, how y'all doing? We're doing good and want to introduce you to our special guest tonight, Sin Curry. Thank you for joining us, Sin. Yeah, thanks for having me. So where are you at right now? Um, I am in Monterey, California, where uh, I own the paragliding school, but I'm just nice. visiting and then I'm going to head back off for my winter. I don't start my season until April. Okay. And where do you head then? Back towards Utah? Um, right now, um, I'm going to head up into the Eastern Sierra and do some skiing and some speed riding. Um, but I, he, I'm in Monterey normally from April through August, which is the paragliding season here. And it's when we get the most, most wind um, for ridge soaring, which oh, is how okay. I teach here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I, uh, fly a lot lot. of different contraptions. (laughs) Yeah. I I fly a lot of different stuff. I started skydiving when I was 19 years old. Um, I just did a tandem for fun and, uh, it was hilarious because my dad and I went in to do it. A friend of ours kind of talked us into it. And my father is my adventure partner. My mom's really adventurous too. In fact, all of my family skydive and paraglide. Um, my mom, my dad, and my brother, and my sister. So it's pretty rad. But my dad and I started as a tandem, and we thought, oh, we're just going to do this for fun, la-di-da. Um, he taught me to surf and scuba dive and sail when I was a baby. And um, so we went and we did the skydive. And unfortunately, but fortunately, we ended up getting weathered the day we went into skydive, which means we had to sit on the ground for hours waiting for the weather to clear before we actually got to jump. So we got to spend time at this really small drop zone that was very like family feel. And because of that, I got to see the fun jumpers that were just walking around, you know, like these people were here just to skydive by themselves. And I'm thinking, I thought skydiving was like in the military. Now, you got to remember that I started skydiving a long time ago, 2002, uh, back before there was YouTube, um, pretty much before, you know, before cars had round wheels, they were like squares and stone. So um, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have GoPro, and nobody was televising the fact that like you could just go skydiving or you could become, you know, a skydiver for fun. Like I could go surfing this weekend or I could go skydiving. I had no idea. And I learned that by going in to do a tandem and by getting weathered and talking to these people and having an amazing time. And uh, I did my tandem and my father and I both landed and we said, okay, well, you know, we could really get to do this thing. And, um, and that was it. And I basically learned how to skydive at that time. And I was still in university studying to be an engineer and I finished that and I became a professional engineer. And after two years of being a professional engineer, I ended up um, uh, quitting that and becoming a professional skydiver, thinking that may- maybe I would, you know, go back to engineering at some point, uh, which I never did because, you know, now I'm still a professional bum and I teach paragliding and I teach skydiving and I teach base jumping. Hi. Sorry. No. My nice. roommates. <laughs> oh. So what's the name of your school that you have? Um, the name of the paragliding school is called Raven Wolf uh, Sky Sports. I used to call it Monterey Sky Sports because it is based in Monterey and I do the majority of my teaching here. Um, I happen to be here right now, but I'm just passing through to like drop surfboards and wetsuits off so I can go skiing. Um, but 
I changed it because I now teach clinics um, like all around the world, actually. So I teach speed riding and uh, mini wing and I specialize in, in speed flying, speed riding, mini wings and high wind kiting. Um, I also do like ridge soaring and high wind paragliding. I'm not the person to come to if you want to learn how to XC. There are far better people than me to do that. And so I really just hone in on the things that I'm good at and that's what I teach. And I travel when I do that because there are many locations throughout the world that are, are amazing for it. And I do a lot of guiding as well, especially throughout the fall and the winter. Nice. So would, would you be out, you're not going to be out in Utah um, in June though, right? When you told us it's not good flying season? Yeah, for two reasons. Number one, the main one is that I'm teaching in June in Monterey because that's the best time to be here. The other reason is that you do not want to be in Utah anywhere, especially Southern Utah in June, unless you really like 110 degree days and just <laughs> flying in a boiling pot of water, whether you're motored or free flying, not a good idea. Great. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You got to come out and fly with me in November. That's when I guide out there. October, November. Yeah, that's maybe an idea. Maybe we can switch things around. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Dweese, what do you got for questions? Well, Bill H. wants to know if she um, has flown or is willing to learn to fly a paramotor. Yes, I have flown paramotors and um, I instruct paramotor. I just don't own one at the time uh, right now because I live in a school bus and so I live a very minimal life. The paramotor that I, the last paramotor that I used to own is actually at a friend's house that I stay with when I'm in Moab anyway. So I have access to it. And there's, you don't really want a paramotor around here. There's a ton of free flying and it's really nice, but you do want a paramotor in Moab. Um, I just recently last summer uh, was, was rocking back and forth between buying another paramotor um, with a bigger engine. Like I, I wanted to buy a beefier motor so I could do tandems and just fly anywhere or buy a motorcycle. And I got a motorcycle, but next this year, <laughs> maybe I'll get a paramotor. The thing is, is with storage, because I live in a school bus, I do have a lot of storage, but a paramotor is a big, fat, girthy lady. So, you know, got to figure out where to put her. Right. All right. So my, hang on, Deweese. My friend Angie Drum, she was a past guest. She was a skydiver. And um, she's the one that talked to me about um, what we were talking about earlier. And uh, you said I could ask this on the show. And yeah. so... Obviously, you're a wingsuit flyer. I am. Can we call you squirrel flyers? <laughs> you you can, as far as I'm concerned, you can call me whatever you like. Um, the the term within wingsuiting, there is um, a, a few companies that, you know, manufacture wingsuits. Just like paragliding, you've got Ozone, Gin, Nova, all of these different companies, right? Well, within um, wingsuiting, the two biggest companies are uh, Phoenix Fly and Squirrel. Now, Squirrel is actually, God, I might be aging myself here. I was going to say it's actually a relatively new company, but it isn't. I think it's been around for about a decade <laughs> now. But um, 
I've been wingsuiting since for almost two decades. So I, I remember when Squirrel, Squirrel Began as a business and a company and um, their wingsuits are really good wingsuits. And, but what they actually did almost better than their wingsuits, at least when they started, was they both, Matt and Mike, are really good at marketing. Um, they both used to work for Ozone and um, Matt Gerdes was the main importer for Ozone at the time when they started the business. I think he might might still be. Um, but he had been marketing in air sports for a really long time. And he understood the importance of a name. And prior to Squirrel, the company that designs wingsuits and now base jumping gear, prior to that, that is a Squirrel suit, by the way. That's a Kalugo 2 um, manufactured by Squirrel. And that is an Ozone Rapidos. So all in the family. Um, the prior, you know, when they started the business prior to that, they had already, um, people who don't skydive or base jump or fly wingsuits already called us flying squirrels. Cause you look like a flying squirrel when you're in the suit. And so, um, Matt Gertie's very intense, um, intellectually called their company squirrel because you can, uh, you know, in the era of hashtags and online marketing, that's also a squirrel suit. That's a freak from squirrel. Um, you can, you, you know, Google flying squirrel and you're going to come up with that company. And it is just like, as far as marketing goes, it was insanely smart for them to call their company squirrel. I mean, I don't actually know if they had any affiliation with a flying squirrel as well. Maybe, you know, one of them had a sugar glider and they really loved it. I doubt it. I think they were just really smart in marketing and with their business. And that, that is where that came from. And so if you are a non, like, if you think about it, you know, everybody loves their paraglider, right? You're a Mac para, right? Yep. So you think about your Mac Para, you love your Mac Para, and and maybe you're sitting around the campfire and there's somebody with their ozone wing and they're like, ozone's the best in the market. And you're like, no, they're not. Mac Para is. So if you talk to a Phoenix Fly pilot who predominantly flies Phoenix Fly or a Tony Suits wingsuit pilot, they're going to be like, I am not a squirrel suit flyer. <laughs> um, but in reality, you know, I don't have a huge affinity to Squirrel. I do like their wingsuits. They're a phenomenal company. Their, their wingsuits are at the top of the line. I prefer to fly them. But I don't, you know, I'm not an athlete of theirs. I'm not pushing their stuff. I am go out there and fly them all, figure out which one you want. But um, they, you know, they're just smart with their marketing. And I don't, it doesn't matter because in the end, when you Google Squirrel suits, you're going to come up with all of them as well. You're going to come up with Squirrel, but Phoenix Fly is going to come up as well. And so so is my videos. And so is, you know, whether I'm wearing a Squirrel suit or not, that term is is just a term for people who don't know it's called wingsuit. They call it a Squirrel suit because, you know, not everybody knows what a paramotor means. In fact, I mean, this is as a, I own a flight school. I own a paragliding flight school. Constantly, I can't tell you, like, 70% of people who call me for a paragliding tandem call me and ask me, do I have parasailing? And do you know what my answer is? Absolutely. You come in, I'll take you parasailing, you give me your money, we will go do the thing. <laughs> because they don't know what they're saying. It's just a word that they're associating with the photo that's on oh, my right. website, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, it doesn't matter. And when I do 
um, SEO on my website because I am the owner, the receptionist, the accountant, the head web designer, and the lead instructor of Ravenwolf Fly Sports. When I go into um, my website and I do the design work, I use hashtag and code word parasailing all over my website because if you're Googling parasailing in Monterey, there is no actual parasailing. There's just me and it's paragliding. And I don't care what you call it as long as you pay me $250 to do it. Nice. <laughs> all right. So. Will Fly in the chat's got a question. Um, how long does a typical wingsuit flight, flight last? Depends on how high you go. Um, are you talking about base jumping? It can be anywhere from 20 seconds to minutes long. Yeah. Um, so like the one you just airplane. posted the other day was um, like probably a couple of minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And it, it just depends on the altitude and what your glide ratio is. A wingsuit <laughs> has a glide ratio just like a paraglider does. Um, it's not as obviously not as good as a paraglider. It's closer, closer to, you know, like speed wings and a very steep, but um but it does glide, and so you can stay up uh, longer than if you were just in free fall. All right. Um, there was a question. Um, everybody wants to know who your baby is that's laying next to you there. Oh, Dafuri, uh, he's my boyfriend, and his name is Rowan, and he is the wolf of Raven Wolf Sky Sports. And he is the head paraglider chaser and land shark of Raven Wolf Sky Sports. So. <laughs> If you come out and fly with us at the dunes, he will be avidly underneath you, just so excited. <laughs> nice. Uh, Wendy the Explorer, she wants to know if you've ever gotten to fly in Alaska. If so, what part of Alaska? Um, she is so fascinated. She says you're fascinating to listen to. Oh, thank you so much. I've not flown in Alaska yet. I really, really want to. Um, I have a few friends up there who both paraglide and wingsuit base jump and um, fly the bush planes and everything. And so I do want to go up there. I have been to Alaska, but I've not flown any nylon up there yet um, because it is such a trek. And I just, I also think I kind of want to live in Alaska. So I'm a little nervous to go up there because I might not come back. <laughs> All right. Um... Bill H. says he's never going to fly in a wingsuit. <laughs> <laughs> he said you could borrow his paramotor, too. I think I saw earlier in the chat. Oh, um, nice. Well, thanks. <laughs> Angela says, he beautiful friends, never, ever going to fly a wingsuit. Sin, you're brave. <laughs> well, thanks, but it took a lot of training and a lot of um, just time in the sport of skydiving and flying a wingsuit a lot, a lot out of an airplane and then separately base jumping, learning to base jump, learning to, you know, successfully do that without the wingsuit, doing tracking, which is flying the kind of the body position and still, you know, trying to get away from an object without having the straight jacket of a wingsuit on. It really restricts your movements and there's a lot of um, material in between your hand and the pilot chute, which deploys the parachute. So it makes it a lot more dangerous. So you really want to make sure that you have all of the movements down, a really good understanding of the uh, equipment. And you want to have a lot of time in base jumping and separately a lot of time in wingsuit skydiving before you ever try and put a wingsuit on because it is it is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, do you know a Mark J? He says, tell Tiffy hi. 
I no. uh, I don't think so. Mark okay. J. If there's a lot, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I do know Mark J, but what's his last name? Uh, let's see. Wendy, the Explorer, how many women a year would you say that you train to paraglide versus men? Oh, that's easy. Um, so I have a very small school. It's just me as an instructor. I do sometimes take on extra tandem instructors, but I only take two students a day. And I generally give um, my students about two-ish weeks to to get to their P2 with like plenty of time after that to keep practicing, but like very, you know, intensely too. So ha only taking two students for two weeks really gives me like four to maybe six students a month. And I only operate for four months of that. The percentage of women is, it depends on the year. There was a year, I think in 2018 where I had a super high percentage of women. I just got really lucky and it was amazing. And, you know, of course now we're all still best friends and we travel together and some of them base jump as well. Um, last year I only did, I think two women the year prior to that was like, that was the COVID year, so I don't think I taught at all. Um, so it really depends on the year, but I don't teach very many students because I don't, I like to give a, a, a more of like a one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do big classes. Um, I want to make sure that my students get a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one action with me. And two is, is about my max. Like I'll take two beginners and one more intermediate st style student. And then we all can kind of learn off of each other and around each other but then that gives me the ability to you know keep it all tight and i'm not getting distracted by 10 people in the air so um i don't teach very many and of that the percentage is probably like a quarter of the people okay. nice. i wish it was more though I does do it have seem like it's traffic. increasing every year yes uh, you know, with the exception of, of like COVID's kind of made everything a little bit weird, but I would say in general, like not just myself, but I'm seeing a lot more women in the sport. And I think that that's because there's a lot more women like me that are um, loud mouthed about it and all over the internet with the things that we do and the fact that, you know, we can fly just as good as the guys, if not better. And there's certain things that women excel at within air sports, paragliding, base jumping, all of those things more than men, you know, like men have their, they excel in certain arenas and women can actually be quite better than men, in my opinion, at other things as well. So. Yeah. All right. Tawise. Angie Drum wants to know if you have a favorite discipline. Oh, it depends on the time of year. Really. Um, I would say, God, overall, probably mini wing flying. Um, and I, a close second would be speed flying, speed riding and wingsuiting. So like all of those are like t triple tied for second. Um, and it really, like I said, it depends on the time of year because like right now I'm about to go speed ride for the next month and I just love it. I love speed riding. I love skiing. I love being in the backcountry. I love ski touring. I mean, I love ski touring without even the flying aspect, but, but having that, be something else that I can add to my quiver is really nice. So is that with like downhill skis going down the hill with the kite? Yes. Yeah. 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 And some of it, some of the time you're flying, some of the time you're trying to, you're, you've got a wing over your head, but you're trying to keep your skis on the ground. Um, and, and actually to finish up on that, I would say third is free diving because I'm also, um, 
very avidly in the ocean. So I surf, I scuba dive, I free dive, I sail, um, I stand up paddleboard, I, I longboard surf, I shortboard surf, I do all the ocean things as well. And I just really like, I grew up on the ocean, so I have an affinity to it. And it is definitely in my top three of things that I like to do. I like to free dive the most because it's the most free. I don't, I'm really small. So having a scuba tank on my back and all of the gear just makes it cumbersome, which is, I think, one of the reasons I'm not a huge XC pilot. I don't love it. I have done it. Um, I, you know, I've done a bit of it and I just don't, every time I do it, I don't love it. It's long, you know, and if you want to really go for it XC, then you got to, as a woman, you got to wear a diaper. Like, come on, I'm not a fan. (laughs) So, but I have a lot of amazing women in the sport that are my girlfriends that are crushing it in XC. So, you know, I know it's a thing that girls do, but it's definitely not on my list of things that I like. Also, the gear is super cumbersome. I don't love seaboard harnesses. I don't, I rarely fly with a reserve because I'm never far enough off the ground. Um, I do have a terrain problem. I like to be close to the terrain. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mad Sloper is asking, what does she think about the single skin paragliding wing for ridge soaring the beaches? What's um, the typical conditions you can fly single skin paragliding wings? Well, you you can totally fly a single skin at the beach, but those wings are made to fly like stable and they're made to fly off of a mountain in really gnarly thermic conditions. So most of them are ENA gliders um, and they're really slow and stable and great wings for uh, flying off of a mountain, but they're not ideal at the dunes because... Uh, they're at the, at the sand dune, you, the whole point of flying at the sand dunes is you have a lot of wind, you're flying in very high wind and, um, you don't really want to be on a slow glider. In fact, the majority, oh, sorry, it looked like I froze. The majority of my um, students that come off the P2 end up, if they're going to be here, the, and depending on their skill level and everything, but the majority of my students end up with a B glider, like a low B Instead of like if you're learning at point of the mountain or you're learning in Oregon or, you know, Idaho or somewhere where you're predominantly flying in the mountains, you're going to start on an A glider because you want a slow, super stable glider to be very safe, passive stability in the mountains, in thermic, unstable air. We have super stable um, high wind air here. So like the, the danger here is not instability. The danger here is a blowback. And to get yourself out of a blowback, you want to have a little bit more speed than, um, than like you can take the hit for stability in, you know, in making sure that you have the speed. Can you sit down, please? Can you sit down? <laughs> so, so Will and Will Fly and Travis DuPont want to know what you do not do. Um, I don't play football or watch it. <laughs> no golf. Um, <laughs> I can't throw or catch a ball, uh, but I do play soccer. So I don't know what else. I what do I not do? I cannot play the violin. Oh, okay. Well, dang. But I do play trombone. <laughs> I play trombone and trumpet in a jazz band in San Francisco. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I'm a total geek. I'm an engineer that plays trombone. 
and I fly all of the nylon <laughs> close to the ground. The most dangerous thing. That's what I do. So dumb. So Angela's asking, so you obviously did extreme sports when you were younger. I know you touched um, yeah. it a little bit with your family, right? Yeah, um, my my dad had me surfing and scuba diving and free diving when I was, uh, you know, just a puppy. And then um, my mom is from Germany and she does all the snow sports. So she got us skiing when we were young. And then, of course, I had to do snowboarding because I wanted to be the cool guy. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've done I mean, I don't view those as extreme, but they are they are extreme. You know, you could hit a tree and stuff. Yeah. Can I help you? <laughs> so Landon Dernberg, he says, oh, yeah. wish, wish I could fly like a girl. Sin is a magical Aww. creature and I trust her with my life without any questions. God, I love Landon so much. <laughs> can, I just, can I just tonight, tell you, can I tell you why I love Landon? Yeah. He, I'm going to try and make this short. Um, I built a school bus into an RV. First of all, Landon, there's a, many reasons why I love Landon, but the main reason I love Landon is I built a school bus into an RV by myself in Arizona wow. in 2018 and almost every single day for, for, okay. So I planned it cause I'm an engineer. I'm a weirdo. I planned it. I like found the school bus and I took me six weeks to build it out, which is actually a really short amount of time, but it's because I took the entire time off. I wasn't working and um, I worked every day from sunrise, like six o'clock in the morning until sunset when I couldn't operate a drill anymore because of the sound ordinance in the place I was working. And bless Landon's heart, that man came by every day every single day with like a can of beer or, you know, like made me drink a glass of wine. He made me sit down yes. and just bask in the amazingness that, that was, you know, what I had worked on that day and eat, and whether I was tired or cranky or, you know, on my period and I didn't want to, and sometimes I was like bloody and sweaty because I drilled a hole through my freaking hand, <laughs> but he was just there. He was just there to like love and support me emotionally and the biggest thing that I can tell you is Landon's obviously he's a man and Landon I'm telling the story here. <laughs> Landon can absolutely build out a school bus. He's a, a he's a diesel mechanic, he's an epic motocross rider, he's also a paraglider base jumper, all of the things. Um kind of wingsuiter touch on that later. Love you. <laughs> um, but he could absolutely give me advice on whatever I was doing, but he never did. And ladies, I think you know this word mansplaining. He never did. He just came by and was like, you know what? Why don't you sit down with me? Let's watch this sunset. And let's, what, what did you do today? Tell me about what you did on the bus. And I'm like, I, and in that moment, probably didn't quite understand how absolutely lovely and how much I needed that, but wow. Wow. Yeah. And now cool. he's like one of my best friends and he is absolutely gold. Nice. Well, thanks for joining Landon. All right. Uh, Bill H. Have you been to any paramotor fly-ins? Um, yeah, I've been to the flying circus and I am going to the flying circus. So I will, I'll be there in a, in a week, next week, two weeks, two weeks from now. There's a butthole. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a couple of our guys in the group that may be going to that also. 
Oh, good. Well, I'll be going without a motor, so if somebody has a motor, I can borrow. <laughs> my, motor, my motor will be stuck. Oh, also, sidebar on Landon. Landon has sent me um, multiple women of his girlfriends to teach to paraglide, so Landon is the reason that I have, you know, some of the girls that I do. And I, and I kind of taught him to paraglide. Nice. Go for it, Dweez. Angie Drone wants to know, where is one place you'd like to fly any style across the world that you haven't yet? Um, Nepal. Nepal. Oh, yeah. yeah, even even though it's XC and it's not my favorite, um, I've been drooling over it for a while. And I'd really like to do an SIV in Nepal. I know that uh, Dylan does one out there and and it's just really beautiful. And I think, you know, you can do para hawking out there, which is amazing. Plus, just India in general and that whole that whole area is is super enticing, and I've never been there. I've flown in Thailand. Highly recommend. Um, Vietnam's amazing as well, but I think Nepal would probably be on the top of the list of places. And very close second would be um, my home country of South Africa. So I would really like to fly there. I have not flown or base jumped there, and I would absolutely love to go and fly and base jump there. Nice. All right. Will fly behave? He <laughs> says he's got to ask, would you ever take your doggy up for a flight? And I'm going to ask this because there's been some controversy oh, I, with me taking my dog up. Oh, I've totally taken him up. He loves to fly. I've got videos all over my website. In fact, he like when I'm kiting on the dunes, he tries to jump in my lap before I take off. He loves to fly. He doesn't. So I don't I have a really nice harness for him. It's very comfortable. Um, he doesn't like to fly for long periods of time. And I learned that years into taking him flying because I never did take him flying for long periods of time. I always just like took him flying for shorter periods. You can go, go on. <laughs> um, so I, t I would take him flying for like, you know, 10 minutes here or, uh, maybe 15 minutes at the dunes. And mainly I did that for hike and flies. Um, obviously I can take him at the dunes whenever I want, but I don't want to, it's not fun for me to fly with him because I can't do anything. I just fly straight and super stable when I'm with him. And I also fly with one of my student gliders because of the weight ratio. And, um, basically I learned that he doesn't like to fly for longer periods of time when, uh, one of my, my ex partners and I were both tandem instructors and we took him, we took him, um, hiked up this huge mountain and then we took him flying tandem off of it. So, um, my partner was pilot in charge. I was in the front room was on my lap. Everything was fine. He was super stoked to come with us, but we were thermaline and that was not fun because we're in this constant turn, which P.S. When I'm a passenger on a tandem and thermaline, I also am getting sick. So I totally understand that he didn't like it. But after about 40 minutes, he was not he was like squirming. And so we immediately like, you know, got out of the thermal and went down and landed. And I was happy, too, because I was not into it anymore either. So while we're on the subject of the dog, where did you find a harness for him? Um, because Wendy, the explorer, and I had been searching online, and she's got, I believe, a Jack Russell, and I've got a smaller dog, so I use like a back mm -hmm. front backpack, front pack. Yeah, you know, I wonder if this harness would fit because you guys both have smaller dogs, but you could try. Um, the the company's called Roughwear. Uh, and that's R U F F W E A R, and okay. um, myself, and also, um, oh God, I'm Kate, Becca. 
So Kate and Becca, who are also tandem instructors, and I'm not even sure where they're living right now, but they've been paraglide. Becca's been paragliding since she could walk pretty much. She's an amazing pilot in every single aspect of piloting a paraglider. She's also a tandem instructor. They used to work at Jackson Hole, but I'm pretty sure, you know, I think they're flying airplanes now. But Becca also flies with her dog in that harness, and that's how I found out about it. And um, the harness is called Double Back harness from Roughwear, but it, it, if you look on their website, it is the only one that fully supports the entire dog. So it, import, it supports the, the, you know, the front, obviously it's like a harness, normal harness. It has a double, double waist thing for the dog. And then it also supports the, the bum, the hindquarters as well. And it's got two clip points, which is great because you can just clip them into either side of the carabiner. Okay. Yep. I just found the the website. So Wendy, if you're still watching, we'll have to check that out also. But, but you know, Rowan, I use a medium harness for him. I'm pretty sure I'd have to go and check, but and he's like a 68 pound dog. So I'm wondering if the small one wouldn't be too big for you guys' dog. Oh yeah. Maybe they have an extra small. And what kind was it? The double back. It's at the, probably at the very bottom. It's the most expensive one they have. It's like almost a hundred dollars. Okay. I'll look into it later, but cool. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, please, you got any? Yeah, Brian Waller, he's from Alabama. He's a trike flyer. He he said, Jade, you have been getting some really great guests. Sin is no exception. What type of engineer is she and a cool dog? <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about using my phone. I was just asking my partner to grab Rowan because he's out wandering in the front yard and there's deer where we live. Um, I am a, a marine engineer. So my degree is in ocean engineering, but it's basically uh, mechanical and electrical, but under the water. And my um, like my fo focus for my graduate work it was um, underwater acoustics and signal processing. And the company I worked for made um, underwater like sonar, or, sorry, underwater sonar systems, um, which are like side scan, sub bottom profiling, things like that. Um, so, yeah, and it, the mechanical and the electrical really helped me with the build out of the school bus because I wasn't he I don't know where he is. Oh, he's behind you. <laughs> sorry, making sure we don't run away with the tears. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Travis DuPont wants to know. All three of us, lift lift your glass. Dewey's got your glass. Sin, yeah. what's in your? <laughs> he wants to know if you've got Red Red Bull. I've got wine. <laughs> Red Bull yeah. gives you wings. Um, I could have Red Bull. Normally, I like to drink a bourbon whiskey with a little bit of ice. But today, I have a Trader Joe's Sauvignon Blanc out of the box because I'm classy like that. <laughs> okay. That is perfectly fine. And I'm drinking my own homemade wine. Oh. I have no idea. Some kind of white wine. Yep. I think this is the apple. That's why I'm having a little bit harder time getting that one down. So Mark McElroy. I still have, some, great show. I still have some white wine left from Moonshiners. Oh, well, pack it up in the camper and bring it down to the next fly-in. Bring it to uh, Georgia, huh? Yep. All right, you guys got any questions? I think yeah, I do. Matt Slober says, does she ridge soar anywhere else besides Sand City? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I've ridge soared all over the world. I've ridge soared at Makapu on Oahu, which I highly recommend. I've ridge soared the North Shore on a nine meter. Woo wee! Uh, I, I've yeah, ridge stored in Lauterburnen. I mean, technical, it was like thermic ridge lift. So I, in my opinion, some of it was ridge soaring and it was on a mini wing. It was on a 15 meter zero. Um, I've ridge soared in France. I've ridge soared in all over Utah, um, uh, Canada. Yes. Yeah. I, that's, that's all I do is ridge soar. If I'm fair, if I'm on a full size, I'm probably ridge soaring. (laughs) So I've got a question. Um, one of the pictures, um, you posted a picture for 2022 um, when they're going to do the new world record for skydiving. I think that's in Arizona. Did you, uh, Yeah, the, I think the women's world record probably. Did you participate really... in that this past year? No, well, we haven't done it in, I think, God, like two years now because of COVID. Oh, I thought so... they did do it in Arizona. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think what you saw was um, we are going to do it in November of oh, this year. So okay. we're, we're going to do it. Um, it's rescheduled. So it was scheduled for uh, July, I think, of 2020. And then, you know, COVID just ruined that entire year. So now we've got it rescheduled um, for November of 2022 we're in now. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Okay, I thought they did one like this summer and then you guys were going to push out another one to try to no no we haven't we haven't had a world record since way before covid basically and i haven't been on a world record in like a decade because they just got really big are you going to participate in that that's what i've heard um, I'm, I might, I might do, I'd like to, um, I haven't been on an all girls world. I, I don't really have any interest in being in a mixed record. It's just too many people and a lot of parachutes and it's a lot of chaos The the skydive itself isn't bad. That's super fun. But being under parachute with that many people is a lot and everybody's on different size parachutes and some, yeah, it's, I mean, I could go on forever about why I don't really like doing it. It's also a really long single point skydive and you have to pay a lot of money to do it. And you're in the plane for forever with oxygen and it's freezing cold. Hmm. Um, And most of them are in Chicago. And although that is a fantastic drop zone, I don't like it (laughs) because of the temp. It's just humid and muggy and blech. But um, the drop zone itself is fantastic. Um, And White Fang, which is my bus, does not go east of the Rockies. So. But the feet, but the girls, all girls, um, world record, I probably will do, which is in November in Arizona of this year. Okay. This is one that you just recently posted on Facebook. Yeah. That's my brand new, um, space rig from black sheep rigging. It's, uh, the design on it is the Hubble deep field. It's fantastic. It's a specially printed rig. It's amazing. I love it. I got to play this. I thought this was cute. Oh Yeah it's it's gorgeous it's got like all the all the design work i got to help i got to help him design that on where the galaxies of the hubble deep, hubble deep field went and it was just awe inspiring to watch him and yeah it's it is amazing it is the most beautiful work of art i've ever seen wow hmm. and that's cool. in moab that's a very famous base jump in moab it's a tombstone that's beautiful. I was also in like a, a space outfit in that too. So okay, explain uh, that's a space this. Net. <laughs> explain. That's a, <laughs> so that's a giant hammock <laughs> that we rig every November Which in one is Moab. 
green. That one. I'm in the white. Right here? Uh, no, no, the white silks. Yeah, that okay. one in the middle. Guys, look at this. <laughs> Are you attached no, with anything? Yeah, I do see something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I d for sure. I have a climbing <laughs> harness uh, with a safety line for sure. Definitely. I didn't use it, but thank God, because it is that is, it's intense. I'm not going to lie. I'm pooping my pants out there. I just kind of just don't think about it. I just do the thing, and I don't think about it. So, Are you tethered? That's about... Yeah, I am. I'm tethered with a, a climbing harness as well. But also, like, if you... Th so I am an aerialist. I, per I perform and teach, in fact, aerial silks. And I've been doing it for a long time. And I'm really... I'm pretty strong because of that. And um, I've never fallen off my silks. I mean, knock on wood. I have never... I have intentionally fallen off my silks with base jumping. But I have never um, fallen off my silks um, unintentionally. So, in theory, I should be able to do that without a safety. But um, my brain will not allow that. So, uh, yeah. And I, I still haven't fallen. I mean, it, I, if I fell right there, I would be fine. Because I had a climbing harness and a rope attached to me. But, yeah, it's... Please stay attached. <laughs> It's quite easy. Like, I wouldn't do something like that, again, if I didn't have a boatload of time and training in, you know, both climbing, rock climbing, um, canyoneering, rope sports, base jumping, and aerial silks. Like, if I didn't have all of that background, I wouldn't be trying to mess around with that. So that's not something you lightly go do. Right. Right. I just, I just got to say, you have big cojones. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I got big ovaries. Big ovaries. I don't oh, want to have big, any babies with them. Big, over, big ovaries. Okay. <laughs> big ones. <laughs> All right. Is this you? Uh, that's not me. That's a girlfriend of mine, Kelsey. I was guiding her this year in Moab. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have that's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question. That's here in Monterey. I'm the tandem instructor, and that's one of my uh, best friends, Elsa, that I got to take. She also, on her belly, you probably can't quite see it, but she's yeah. got a teddy bear with her Stuffed on her belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's a monkey. It's a monkey. His name's Monk. All right, Deweese, what's your question? What's the highest base jump, um, a tower or man-made thing that you've ever jumped from? Um, uh, probably an illegal jump in the United States that I can't really talk about, but it's a really big cliff and there's only half of it. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 can't, I'm saying not going to admit to it. Man-made. <laughs> oh, man-made. Man -made. Um, man -made. Probably the KL Tower in Kuala Lumpur. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was a thousand feet. I also rigged my silks off of a crane on the top of that building um, multiple times and did like a little aerial show and then I base jumped off of it. Oh, that's neat. Them, the silks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We've also rigged a rope swing to that crane on the top of the Kuala Lumpur Tower and we rope swinged off of the, um, off of the, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's this not the tower, amazing. that's me jumping off of it, but. Wow. Yeah. There should there should be a couple photos in there of me doing silks off of that if you're on my website. I don't know. Oh, you probably primed these photos. I yeah, I just took a couple. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's me at Burning Man. Uh, I go every year and I teach aerial silks there and I've skydived in. Okay, where's Burning Man? 
Um, Burning Man is has been in multiple places, but for the last probably 20 years, I don't know the numbers anymore either because I don't know what year we're in currently. Um, it's been in the Black Rock Desert in Gerlach, Nevada, which is just north and east of Reno. Um, it's a huge gathering of people. It's It's been up to like, I think, 70, even 80,000 people. But for the past two years, because of COVID, it's been really small, but still happening. And um, yeah, we, you know, it's a, it's a gathering of, of humans that want to live in a community and we create a, we create a town and everything you would need um, for a town. There's a post office, there is, you can buy ice, there's you know, streets and order order and rangers and like our own police system. And it's just, it's really amazing. And if you've never gone, I highly recommend going either to Burning Man itself, which is still, you know, we're not sure if, if it's going to be happening because of the current state of the world, but there are regional burns you can go to um, in your area. You just look up regional burn of wherever you're living and you can go and participate. And it's, um, it's it's got kind of a Ten Commandments of the city, which is like radical self-reliance and radical inclusion and all of the it's it's just got a really beautiful um, idea and energy to it. And and I highly recommend Googling it. And yes, I dance with fire there. Um, I'm also an aerialist, so I do aerial there and um, usually, you know people people go and they gift things and my gift is usually performance and also lessons i do i teach aerial and i teach dancing and movement and things like that so okay, i have a little video here yeah that's our regional burn i don't know how to get that on oh there that's i just did a little short clip of that no, that's fine. That's our regional burn here in Monterey. So that's not even at Burning Man. That's just um, the, the, you know, the group of local people that get together in between San Francisco and L.A. that want to come to our, our regional area and, you know, all kind of hang out and, and share share our lives with. So it's it's really beautiful. And it's it's changed my life, you know, since the first time I went until now, it is it has made me who I am today. It's made me be able to live in a school bus currently full time. And probably um, added to, you know, my ability to run a business and things like that. Obviously, like everything that I've done in my life has, has added up to this. But I just, I can't, I can't speak of Burning Man more. It's such a positive influence. Right. Okay. I've got a couple more pictures here I wanted to share. Um, where is this at? Bernie man. Really? Yeah. The art there is unreal. This is also at Bernie man. That's skydiving into Bernie man. There's a dust storm beneath me, unfortunately. So you can't see the city itself. That's in Switzerland. That's um, speed flying. And I'm the wingsuit. And then Nick Burton, who built me that, the um, Hubble deep field is flying that speed wing. <laughs> Bernie man. Cool. My husband took that. Hmm. <laughs> Snowboarding. Snowboarding in Tahoe. Um, riding my CBR 600RR in Big Sur. That's in Moab on a mini wing. Uh, surfing in Hawaii. Uh, speed flying in Switzerland on an 8 meter. Wow. 
that is skydiving with a really good girlfriend of mine, Teresa. I was teaching her to sit fly there. We had a great time. <laughs> uh, Hawaii, Makapu. Love the leggings. Yeah. Um, so those leggings are made by a really good girlfriend of mine um, who designs and makes those leggings by herself and um, doesn't outsource. Uh, she's based out of Canada. She's a one-woman shop as well, and it's called Be Wild Her, um, B-E-W-I-L-D-H-E-R. And I only wear her leggings right now. She she does sponsor me, so I get a really good deal. She gives me a couple free things a year. Nice. But, um, but I, I also purchase her leggings to support her because she makes really good quality clothing, and she puts all of her love, blood, sweat, and tears into it as well. Her name's Nadine. She's fantastic. Nice. That's in Monterey here. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, the sand dunes are right under my butt in that photo. <laughs> um, that is in Southern California. I was doing silks under a parachute above Skydive Paris, California. That is crazy. And yeah, that is a, a partner of mine. We've done a few stunts together. He helped me rig the silks to the Kuala Lumpur Tower. And yeah, that was, that was amazing. That's at about 10,000 feet probably where we were just flying together. And then I dropped off and um, opened a parachute and he landed the parachute. That's at Burning Green Man. Burning Man. <laughs> That's cool. Monterey with the dunes directly behind me. You can fly seven miles of dunes there, by the way. So like from basically my entire splits, you can fly that. And it's seven miles and you can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Wow. All right. And then she's got a blog. You can check her out at CynthiaCurry.com. Very interesting. Um, she's got a lot of pictures in there and a lot about herself. So if you guys want to take a look at it, go for it. Um, I time. see a question. Can I, can I answer a question yeah, really quick? Go for it. Um, somebody asked me if I've ever been injured and how bad. Yes, I have. Um, I have been injured multiple times because I've been doing this and I do it really hard. Um, I have, uh, I, ha I have a really interesting chemistry for a woman. I have really high testosterone for a woman, which makes me charge really hard at the sports that I do. And um, it's just funny because I've always been like that. And then I got like a blood panel for some other thing that was that was ailing me. And, you know, that that came back and my mom kind of laughed at it and she's like, well, that explains, you know, why you were like that your whole life. Um, but because I charge so hard and I tend to push the envelope more um, like a man, uh, like I, I charge at the sports very masculinely. Um, I do, I have injured myself. Um, I've also gotten really lucky uh, in that there's been times where I've done something and immediately have just been like, holy shit, that could have been so bad. And I like skidded by with the grace of, you know, a hair on that one. And I didn't injure myself. But um, I have cracked my pelvis paragliding. I was on a mini wing here at the sand dunes on a crosswind day. It was cross from the south. And I was just getting really close to the terrain and just whipping wing overs on my 15 meter. And um, I was in a bit of a like a, a 
half pipe basically and the wind was coming across the wind was coming obviously you know for off the ocean enough that i was getting lift but it was also coming across the half pipe to the point where like when i got in the wind shadow of that side of the half pipe as my wing got in the wind shadow i lost half of the wing uh, i was also probably sloppily doing a wing over as well i will admit um but I lost half of the wing, and as as I lost half of the wing, my body rotated under, and then it reinflated. But sorry, the camera's backwards to what I'm doing. <laughs> the the wing reinflated, but I was so close to the ground that I actually cracked the ground with my body before the wing reinflated. And then of course it reinflated and drug me around a little bit as well. But I cracked my pelvis. I did not need surgery, but it, I was a tandem instructor in skydiving at the time, and it put me out for a couple weeks. Um, and what else I've done ankles all the time, all the time ankles. I mean, just honestly walking, walking, I do my ankles, but, um, I have weak ankles from playing soccer from, for most of my life. Uh, I have broken my back before, uh, base jumping. I had a shitty base jump off of an antenna, a really low antenna and high wind, and to make a safe landing area, I had to make like a really steep low turn. And also I was trying to not hit power lines that I didn't realize were there. Um, there, there was like a very visible two power lines, but there was like a third set of power lines that I didn't realize was there until I was upon them and I didn't want to fly into them. So I made like a really hard turn with my toggle and you can do that on a base jumping canopy. It's not like a paraglider where you like jam a toggle and you're, you're going to have a bad day. But I was close enough to the power lines that when I jammed the toggle, I got swung into the power lines and um, basically like lost enough of my wing that I fell flat on my back. And um, it, with a base jumping container, the, the backpack that is on my back when I'm wearing it has a parachute in it. As soon as I deploy the parachute, there is now no back protection whatsoever when you're base jumping unless you choose to wear it, which at the time I was not. And I basically fell flat on my back and um, did damage to my spine. Again, did not require surgery, but again, at the time, I was a tandem instructor and I was out for a few weeks and probably should have been a few months, but I kept working because I'm a little shithead like that sometimes. Excuse my language. So I've definitely broken my back. Um, I have... That's that is about it, but I'm re a lot of like bum landings with base jumping where you're just because you're you're having to put it into really small areas where I've like torn my pants and you know ripped a hole in my bum but didn't you know actually injure any bones. Uh, a lot of like just kind of quick twisted ankles trying to run out of base jumping landing. Uh, the base jumping canopy is designed to open very efficiently on heading so that you don't like you're jumping away from an object and you're opening away from the object and that is what it's designed for and it does a you generally does a really good job of that however when you go to flare it it flare if you're if you're a paraglider and you ever base jump or if you do both you're going to understand what i'm saying when you flare a base jumping canopy compared to a paraglider or a speedwing it flares like a sack of potatoes so if you can only imagine trying to land a sack of potatoes, that is how landing a base jumping canopy is. And you can do it gracefully, but um, it, it also can be harsh sometimes. 
So landing a base jumping canopy has probably been, you know, my mostly small injuries, but yes. And yeah, I've just gotten really lucky because I've definitely done some things. I landed a speed wing in a tree one time off of the chief. It was an eight meter. I had no business flying that wing off of that launch. And I decided to do it and it was a terrible idea. And I, in the tree saved my damn life is what happened. And I learned a huge lesson. Wow. And I'm, yeah. and I'm happy to talk about it because any, you know, anything that I go through would be a better, you know, a better lesson for somebody else to, exactly. to make a better judgment call. Wow. Yeah. Travis DuPont says, holy crap, you, you've got a guardian angel. I think so too. Yeah. Probably two or three actually. Right. Okay. So you've been saying, and there's some little chit chat in here that you have a, you, your husband, you've referred a couple times to your husband taking your pictures and stuff. You need to explain <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Just a little. So, so I, um, I got married when I was in my mid twenties to an Australian. Um, we were very much in love and happy to be in a relationship, but he uh, also needed to stay in the country because it was impossible for us to date where we were having to spend thousands of dollars to fly back and forth and back and forth. So we did get married. I got married in my early twenties. Um, I don't, I don't regret it at all. It was an amazing chapter of my life. I still love him very much. Um, we, you know, I, we were married for a few years. We were together for a few years, but we, we grew apart. And also, um, you know, without getting into the nitty gritty of the relationship, he wanted the biggest thing for me is he wanted babies and I did not want babies that, that has not changed. Um, he now has a beautiful wife and I believe three baby daughters. I think she gave birth to the third daughter. I think they have a female dog as well. So he is in a household full of women. And <laughs> and I, and I, you know, like he couldn't be more stoked about it, I am sure. Um, I'd be surprised if he was watching this just with the timing because he lives in Western Australia. But um, we both talk frequently and I still love the hell out of him. And I very much cherish all of the moments that we shared together. He was also a base jumper, skydiver, tandem instructor, paraglider, scuba diver, surfer. Like he, he was a perfect match for me, but he, he wanted kids. And I just, ugh, I, you know, I don't want kids and I have to, I have to do the part, you know, like it's my, to have babies, <laughs> it's on me and I'm not a fan and I don't want to. So, so I'm no longer married and there were more things than that, but. So guys, she's kind of single, kind of. Kind of, sort of seeing someone right now. Yeah. <laughs> Will Fly, Will Fly says, "Dang, you break your back." Let's see. She breaks <laughs> her back and is back in a couple of week weeks, and he pulls a muscle and he's out for a month and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, but I was younger then, and it was a bad idea because now my back hurts all the time because <laughs> I didn't really give it time to heal. So, right. So I know you have. A dinner date, right, with a girlfriend? Mm -hmm. Not for another hour, though. But if you guys have to go, I can go. So no, I just I try to keep the show to an hour, and uh, we I forgot mm -hmm. to mention that if you wanted to join an after show where it's not broadcasted, you can have another glass of wine, and people <laughs> join in if they want to ask you some questions on their own. Okay, yeah. I mean, we could we could definitely do. I could do that for a little longer for sure. She doesn't get off work for another half an hour, so. And I'm gonna cook us dinner, but I do need to go grocery shopping. But no. well, if you want to just come in for a few minutes, um, I'll yeah. post the chat in the chat here. Um, if anybody's interested in coming in, we can only take, I believe, ten. 
um, in here. So, oh, I apologize for that. Um, you also need Chrome or what is it called? Firefox? Foxfire? Foxfire. You have to have that in order to log into this link that I just posted. So if anybody wants to join in and chat with Sin, come on in, hurry up and be one of the first of eight others in here. Other than that, um, thank you, Sin, for everything. And I don't know if you've heard of any of the other shows that um, a lot of us partake in. Um, Monday nights, we do Clear Prop TV, and that's at 7 p.m., and it's Paramotor Talk. And Tuesday night, my husband, Will, and Brian, and Shane, they do Tuesday night hangouts, and they talk paramotors, anything. And then we've got Wednesday, our show, and then Thursday is paraglidingtalk.com, and he's based out of San Diego uh, with Robert Michael. And the guys on Sunday night, Josh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but it's through. It's Mystery Science. There we go. Paramotors. There we go. Oh, my God, I love that name. (laughs) What they do is show videos throughout the week that people posted on YouTube, which is pretty cool. So, um, hey, and social media. Do you remember any of your social media that you can share that people can find you at? Who, me? Yeah. Yes, um, I am Sin Curry Bird on Instagram. Um, that's C U R R I E, and my business is Raven Wolf Sky Sports. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my main social media. Oh, I have a YouTube. God, I don't know it though. I think if you Google "fly like a girl wingsuit," it should come up. So I just, I think it's Cynthia Curry. Sin Curry, yeah. Oh, perfect, perfect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, and but um, I don't. I actually don't have a lot of my videos on YouTube. It's kind of silly because I have so many videos, but um, I have been trying to upload more. I don't know. I just feel like social media is really hard to use as marketing these days anymore. I used to be really good at it, but then it kind of petered out. But I love to. I mean, I love to stay in contact with like everybody who's watching this show is probably a pilot or you know somebody who's interested in flying and you know maybe even a girl. Yay. Um, and I would love to fly with you. So please, fr- like, friend me, write me a message, be like, hey, you know, I saw you on the podcast so that I friend you back because I want to follow you and I would love to fly with you guys sometime. And, um, you know, guys too, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I do a lot of guiding and most of the guiding I do in the United States is free. I just want to keep you safe. I do site intros for um, we we opened a lot of the sites in Moab. And so we've also installed ropes and like a via ferrata and ways to get there safely. And I don't charge when I'm in Moab. You know, if you want to take me out to dinner, great. But what I'd rather do is fly with people, have a lot of fun, make sure everybody's safe, show you the correct launches, talk to you about the conditions there because it can be, you know, kind of spicy sometimes. So, yeah, like. Friend me and follow me if you want, but more so I just I like to use Instagram for staying connected with pilots and my friends and things like that. And then people know where I am too. Right. Deweese, you got any social media? Uh, Deweese Milstead on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All right. And I'm at paramotorgirl.com on face or uh, YouTube. Also, I wanted to note if anybody missed the little preview at 5.05 p.m. this afternoon. Um, It's a video of sins that um, she had, and I just wanted everybody to see her um, 
doing her squirrel um, wingsuit flying. And uh, <laughs> so check it out and um, please give us a thumbs up and also hit the subscribe button so you can see when we post for next week's show. All right, guys, thank you and see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, thank you.